welcome to the Jewish and Spiritual Podcast, a podcast where we talk everything Jewish, where we go deep into our neshama to create a beautiful Jewish life. I'm Caro, your host from Los Angeles. Shalom, Haverim Sheli. Hello, my beautiful friends. I am so happy to be here and most grateful for all of you here. We are a very powerful community and this love that I'm able to give you and to share with you, with millions of you, just make me feel so fulfilled and grateful. Really, thank you for being here each week. Rosh Hashanah starts next week, next week on Monday. Yes, Monday, September 6th. Already? So early this year, right? In this episode, I'm going to share with you what I love most about my Jewish fun in this very important holiday. But also, I want to help you reflect on the past year and share with you what's my best takeaway from the past year, but also help you set your energy for the year ahead, connecting to your dreams, connecting to your goals, to your intentions, so that you can start the process of believing and attracting what it is you want in your amazing Jewish life for 5782. Just to share a few news about the podcast, we are now on every continent except for Africa and South America. So let's reach out to our friends in Africa and South America. And I'd like to say hello to the people of France, my native country, and where even though the language is not English, we are growing steadily and quite well. Um, here is our review challenge, my friends. Can we get to 40 reviews by the end of this month? I know it can seem tedious, but it's actually very quick and very simple. So if you enjoy the show, please help support it by making, or, you know, a few minutes, taking a minute to write a few words. I will offer two private live coaching sessions, private, privately with me, once we get to 40 at the end of the month. Okay, two private sessions for free. I will randomly pick the winner among one of the reviews posted in the month of September. So go get writing. That's a priceless gift that will change everything for you. So scroll down on Apple Podcast under the Jewish and Spiritual Podcast, submit your rating, hit review, and you will automatically be enrolled for your chance to win two amazing coaching sessions with me for free. <laughs> Now, on to Rosh Hashanah. So Rosh Hashanah is the first of what we call the High Holidays or High Holy Days, which is a 10-day period that ends with Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish year. And on Rosh Hashanah, Jews from all over the world, we celebrate uh, God's creation of the world and we ask God for forgiveness for the things that we have quote-unquote done wrong during the past year. And also during this time, we remind ourselves not to repeat the same, you know, quote-unquote mistakes in the coming year. I put quote-unquote because I don't necessarily go with, you know, the words mistakes, but we'll get into that later. Personally, I love this holiday. Actually, it is my favorite. First of all, we get to celebrate two new years in the same year. How cool is that? So the Jewish New Year is not about partying, you know, at least definitely not like we would on December 31st. And it's not also necessarily about new resolutions as such. But it is about setting new intentions. It is about setting new new goals and reflecting within ourselves in order to better ourselves and our lives and the lives of those around us. And that's really what I want to help you get started on here today. 
let's first speak a little bit about traditions. So traditionally, it's a time for good food and for lots of food. And depending where you're originally from, the food can vary quite a bit. In my family growing up, we always went to my maternal grandparents, whom I really adored. They were about, you know, 15 to 20 of us, depending on the years. The long table was set beautifully in their Parisian apartment. My grandparents had beautiful taste and my grandmother mother was truly a cordon bleu, as we say, you know, in French. So everything was just you know, smelling so good and looking so pretty. And on that night, all the children would receive a small but very meaningful loving gift uh, from her, from them both. And there was always a lot of excitement around that. And sometimes it would also bring a little bit of vetching, you know, especially I would say from my aunt, who was particularly difficult, if I may say, but let's leave that for another conversation. I Today we're talking raising our energy. And unfortunately, when it comes to my aunt, it was more about spoiling the good energy than raising it. And maybe you have someone like that in your own circle. And you know what? That's okay. I personally never let her affect my karma. So I think that as long as we know how certain people function or choose to function, we can just let them be whoever they choose to be. And we just need to remember to not make it mean anything about ourselves because whatever their comments, whatever their thoughts are, that's what's driving their negative energy and it's all on them. So it's all cool. Now back to the food. What kinds of food um, do you eat on Rosh Hashanah? You know, food is a really important part of Rosh Hashanah. Sweet foods are eaten to symbolize our hope for a sweet new year. We enjoy new fruit, like a fruit that has recently come into season. So I know nowadays we can pretty much find every fruit all year round. But often we have not yet had the opportunity to enjoy, you know, something like a pomegranate, for example. And then there's also the symbolic of the head of a fish, uh, which is sometimes served. We never did that in my family, but it is to remind us to be like the head and not the tail. And I think that's a big tradition uh, for Persian Jews, for example. So that we can, uh, the meaning is so that we can be the leaders and not the followers. The fish also symbolizes the translation of Rosh Hashanah, which means head of the year in Hebrew. There is also a pretty and symbolic bread called challah, which unlike on Shabbat, it is baked and braided into a round shape for Rosh Hashanah. And then apples are dipped in honey and again symbolizing sweetness. I think all of these traditions are important because they help to connect us to the deeper meaning of the Rosh Hashanah holiday and to pass on you know, from generation to generations. In my Jewish Tunisian traditions, we usually start with a, you know, with the pomegranate, but we mix it with the wonderful orange blossom water. And then we have homemade apricot and prune marmalades and of course apples and honey. And we delicious, um, sort of lightly fried spinach or pumpkin 
little flat beignet that are dipped in honey and then uh, wonderful traditional Jew, you know, um, Tunisian cakes to go with that. And after all that sweetness comes a full spread Tunisian couscous with all the colorful Mediterranean meze salads and the marmouma and all, all of that to go with, you know, the, the boulette and the pkela and so much more. I'm going to post a few recipe links in the show notes if some of you are curious about the Tunisian um, Jewish Sephardi traditions. So I love the thoughtful gifts at my grandparents and I keep that tradition going for every guest at our table. And then I love the wonderful food. But what I also appreciate so much about this holiday and the 10 days leading to Yom Kippur is that it's time um, it's a time for us to reflect upon the past year to create a bigger future. So what would be your biggest takeaway on the past year? I think mine would have to be that despite all the uncertainties of the world and having had my kids schooling at home all year and all of that, I have managed to ignore all the noise about COVID and all the noise about the elections and to show up with peaceful and reassuring energy for my family and for my clients. And all of that energy has led me and helped me to stay focused and to just trust that my outcome would really just be in line with my vision. And that I think, you know, despite all the uncertainties, I've managed to do that, and that's probably my biggest takeaway on the year. Rosh Hashanah is really an opportunity to learn from the past year's experiences and to grow higher and better. It's a holiday that helps us become better people, which is such a beautiful opportunity that we get to, you know, sort of stop and think and look within right? Life is so busy and it's so rare for most of us to take the time to do so, to reflect, to stop and think. And as a manifesting life coach, this practice just could not resonate with me more. And this brings me to the next and my absolute favorite part of Rosh Hashanah, which is that on the second day, there is a beautiful ritual called Tachlit, which means letting go. And it's a moment to let go of some of the pain you might have felt this year, to let go of some of the things you might have missed the mark on, or some of the regrets or resentments you might have held on to. And the tradition is that we stand on the banks of a river or, you know, on the shore of a sea or at the edge of a little pond in the park, and we toss small objects such as small pieces of bread or small pieces of rocks into the water to symbolize those things we are ready to be rid of. And as you drop each piece into the water, you imagine the disappointment or the heartbreak just tumble, fly, jump from your open palms. So you let that disappointment or sorrows return back to the source. You let it cleanse you for the new year so that you may start fresh again. What we did last year with my family, and since there were no in-person get-together, is that we wrote on small pieces of paper the things that we were ready to be rid of. And then we threw the pieces of paper in our swimming pool, um, such life in Los Angeles, and I recommend uh, using rice paper, uh, which is what we did, 
because they dissolve. You could also, if you don't have rice paper, you could also burn the paper with a match or you could also tear the paper into tiny shreds. And as you do this, you visualize your negative feelings leaving you as you ritually let go. You let all of that negativity dissipate. You let it cleanse you for the new year. The Tachlit ritual is, I think, a reminder that in order for us to grow, we must be able to let go. We must be able to release and to forgive, which again speaks to me so much, both in terms of being Jewish and spiritual, but also to the passionate manifesting life coach that I am. So this journey of reflecting inward and forgiving ourselves and others, if it is challenging for you, I want to remind you that Jewish wisdom teaches us to approach this with loving kindness. This is not a moment for you know judgment or shame. And also, I want to remind you that you are not alone. You can always, always, absolutely always DM me or you can post in our private a private Facebook group, which ultimately is our home tree, our tree of souls. And know that I will always answer you. My intentions are, you know, to create a beautiful and meaningful space where you will feel safe and uplifted. And this holiday is about creating intentions, not expectations. It's about growing. It's about learning from our mistakes, which I don't even want to call mistakes, as I said in the beginning. I rather call it, call them experiences. Remember that success is a mountain of small fails. None of us learned to walk in a day, yet we didn't just give up, right? We didn't just sit there waiting or feeling sorry for ourselves if it didn't come right away. So if you truly want something, When you truly want something, whether it's a new relationship, a marriage, a child, or whether it's a career or it's more money and abundance in your life, a new home or a new car, it starts with your vision and having the beliefs that even though you don't know how or when, you know with certainty, like waiting for, you know, your prime Amazon package at your door in 24 hours, that it is coming, that you keep putting it out there and that you keep going until it has become your reality. The same way I know with certainty that this podcast is heading to the top five for Judaism and spirituality and that our Jewish and spiritual Facebook, Facebook group is going to be the source, the home tree for millions of us Jews from around the world to receive support, to find support and to fuel from positivity, from love and from gratitude so that all of you, all of the people in the group can attract the same back to them. I have a rock on my desk that my friend Christine Rizzo gave me and on it, it says, unstoppable. And that's truly how I have been throughout my life. I probably have learned that unstoppable way of life from my double Sagittarius mother, Isabel Azria. She's my role model. And no matter what, you know, no matter that my goal is personal or that it was or is something I'm doing for other people, I set my mind to it and nothing can stop me. And I think, you know, this is what life is about, is constantly moving and moving forward. Kadima, right? And this brings me exactly to where, 
you know, I said in the beginning to our energy and how important it is to set your intentions for 5782 with the highest energy possible. The way the universal laws work is that you attract in response to the energy in your body. And that energy is coming from the thoughts that you are thinking about. And whether you believe in the universal laws or not, the laws are still working. You don't have to even fully understand them. A bit like not understanding how electricity or Wi-Fi works, right? Yet you're, you're not understanding, but you're still using it. So to start attracting, you just have to learn how to access your power and how to start using it towards what it is you want to attract. And how to do that is what I want to teach you here in the Jewish and Spiritual Podcast. Everything is energy. Water, food, money, everything. We are all energy. We are like a big magnet attracting everything of the same back to us. And my friends, the universe never fails. It is always giving you what you want by what you give thought to. How does it work? It's not like the universe is coming to your room to read your mind or to read the words in your journal. The universe does not know our language. It does not know right from wrong or good from bad or yes from no. It only knows from your energy. And where does your energy come from? It comes from your thinking. What you think about, you create. And I will be repeating this a lot throughout, you know, the weeks to come because I want you to learn it. What do they say? Repetition is the mother of all skills, right? A bit like repeating to our kids to brush their teeth or to shut the lights. So maybe one day when they live on their own, they actually do it. Well, it's the same thing. I will be repeating this so that you can really master it. So what you think about, you create. And I'd like you to grab your journal or your notes on your phone and write that down. What you think about, you create. It works from your emotions. It's easy to see, right? When you have happy thoughts, you feel happy. Your emotion is happiness and you create a wonderful day. When you have down, you know, thoughts, you feel sad, your energy is low, you feel like doing nothing and you attract more of that and more people in that same energy back to you. So when you feel overwhelmed, you don't accomplish and create as much as when you feel focused. We are attracting every single day and most of it, most of us do it unconsciously, sort of by default. And what I want to help you with is to help you think thoughts on purpose. The thoughts you have about anything going on in your life, and we think about 50,000 thoughts, little sentences in our head per day, they create the way you feel. And that feeling or that emotion is felt as a vibration in your body. And that vibration is your energy right there. So to start raising your energy high, you need to start watching your thoughts and to start paying close attention to what you are thinking. So grab your journal and find a quiet moment in your day, even just five minutes to dump your thoughts onto the paper. I want you to write all of your thoughts until you have nothing else to write. This is not an essay. Don't try and make it perfect. Don't try and make it 
you know, literature. Just dump the sentences in your head onto the paper and then take a look at your thoughts. Which thoughts are serving you? Which thoughts are not serving you? These thoughts that you're looking at, they do not define you. They are just sentences in your head. And it's very important you start becoming aware of the sentences because otherwise you end up attracting by default what you write, you invite. And I want to invite you to read the thoughts on paper and question your thoughts. Is this true when I'm saying or when I'm writing, I'm not good enough? Is it 100% true when I say I can't make more money or when I say I can't lose weight or I can't find the right person for me? Is it possible that any of your stories is not true? Thoughts are not facts, my friends. Don't believe everything you think. They are just stories in your head. Research shows that most of our stress is coming from our thinking. And I can tell you that if your thoughts are not coming from love, they are coming from ego. And that's a lie. That thought is not true. Please see how many lies we tell ourselves every day. And then that's why we are attracting more of the same past stories into our future life by default. When you learn to become the watcher of your thoughts, you can learn how to change them. Many people worry about things outside of their control. While we cannot control things that happen or what, you know, control what others say or do, we can change how we choose to think about it and how we use it. And that is exactly what I'm here to help you with. So you can start attracting a life you can truly love. Before we close, I don't want to forget to mention the shofar, which is a very special instrument made from the horn of a kosher animal and that is blown during the Rosh Hashanah service. That is one of the main events of the service as it calls all of us Jews to really examine our lives and to repent during the 10 days of repentance between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And last but not least, tzedakah, which is giving charity to people in need. Good deeds are done and charity is given in the hopes that God will seal our names in the book of life, which brings the promise of a happy year to come. Amen. So again, as we can see, you know, self-reflection and gratitude and kindness and love are at the foundation of this very important high holy day. And I want to leave you with this question that I learned from Dan Sullivan. Is your future going to to be better than your past? Is your future going to be better than your past? Ask yourself this question. And that power to create a different future, Haverim Sheli, is free and is accessible. It's within you. And that's exactly the journey I take my clients on. And that is what I want to teach you here as well. So stay tuned for next week's episode as we learn about Yom Kippur and about the importance of forgiveness in order to create that better future. And as we pray in the Rosh Hashanah liturgy, we say, may the old year and its curses be gone and may the new year and its blessings begin. Amen. What is your prayer for the Jewish new year going to be? Come and share it in the group with us. I want to hear from all of you. Have a wonderful Rosh Hashanah celebration. I send you so much love and abundance. Shabbat Shalom and Shana Tova everyone. Ciao, ciao. 
חברים שלי, my beautiful friends, if you are interested in one-on-one private coaching with me, I would love to work with you so that you can start attracting what you have always wanted in your life. Sign up for a free session with me on my calendar. You will find the link in the show notes. I truly look forward to meeting you and to helping you create the beautiful Jewish life you deserve.